Hello and welcome to the Healing After Birth podcast. This is your host, creator, and facilitator of the Healing After Birth program, Jennifer Sommerfeld. And today I have with me on the podcast, Gina McCarthy, who is a registered nurse, uh, has a master's in family therapy, and is a perinatal psychotherapist, a certified EMDR provider, and a developer and educator of the Birth Spirituality and Healing Network, which includes coach and facilitator certification programs for ceremonies of pregnancy, healing birth trauma, parent renewal workshops, and she is trained in shamanic, Buddhist, Cherokee peacekeeping, and perinatal psychology, cross-cultural ways of healing. She co-developed the Contra Costa County Integrative Health Program, founded and coordinated the Contra Costa Perinatal Depression to Wellness Network, and co-organized the Birth Keeper Summit in 2015, and the Multicultural Partnership Bay Area Birth Keepers in 2016. Gina lives with her beloved husband and has offices in the Bay Area. She loves to hike, dance, sing, garden, travel, and visit with their son who lives on the East Coast. I also want to add that Gina McCarthy wrote the foreword in the Healing After Birth book. So I'm really grateful to have Gina on the show today. And I know that we are going to have a lot of wonderful, deep, meaningful things to talk about. So welcome, Gina. Thank you, Jennifer. It's it's fun and an honor to mm. be with you today and everybody here. Mm, thank you. Did I say the Contra Costa County correctly? Yes, you did. <laughs> That's you a did. mouthful. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a big name for a, a big county. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, Gina, you and I have a lot of similar passions, and I know that your work is deep and rich and healing and meaningful. And I'd like to open with a question about where you're at now and what is, <laughs> what, what is, what is really sparking your heart these days? Oh, I love that question. Thank you. And I know we both are always growing. And so it's a fun question mm. to uh, share about. Well, for me, uh, you know, I've been working in this field for almost, I guess, 50 years and a long time, maybe mm. not quite that long. And, you know, for a long time, I, in the early days, I felt like, oh, my God, trauma is so not recognized in the birth world. And we need to address it and we need ways that effectively treat it. And that led me for a long time. And, um, and I came up with a model of how to effectively treat it and have people feel safe and nourished during it, during the process. And I've taught a lot of people that model and I've seen a lot of people heal, but as, and as time went on, uh, I've always been a spiritual practitioner Hmm. and not religious, but Mm -hmm. spiritual and Mm -hmm. I've always seen the benefit of um, ceremonies and, and other spiritual practices in our growth experience. 
and it and enhancing our psychological growth tremendously and so at some point i began to study uh the ceremonies that all our original peoples did to prepare for birth and parenting to to do the inner preparation mm. for these sacred rites of passages and i saw how their models uh were a series of ceremonies that were like the most elegant psychological and spiritual preparation one could imagine and so then i began to teach about that so people would start to prepare well not only to prevent trauma but actually prepare for the wonder and and love that if we feel safe in our bodies where it's inherent physiologically uh, for us to experience, but people aren't really very prepared for that. Mm. And, and so um, now uh, where I've come to is I'm developing by myself and with others. And you and I will explore uh, what that means for us later, but um, I'm developing uh, an inner, preparation uh, for embodied empowered sacred rites of passages curriculum mm. and some of that will be just for Buddhists mm. because mostly that's what I practice is Tibetan Buddhism and then some of that will be for anybody um, so it'll be offered in different forms uh, and you can feel probably from the way I'm saying it, it will be very satisfying to offer that because that's what we need is hmm. to be prepared and to know, you know, to be at peace with these issues that arise for us if we have not had the support and opportunity to address them in a way that feels safe and effective. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So a transition, I'm hearing some transitioning mm. and uh, I, I'm a little bit still taken aback by the, the simple comment of 50 years. Well, probably it's more <laughs> like 45. Okay. <laughs> but I, like, I just want to pause there for a moment yeah. to acknowledge and honor your path and, you know, I've been at this, I would say, for 20 years. Mm. And, and you know, 45 years is a substantial amount of time to be dedicated to the rite of passage of uh, birth and motherhood. And now mm. I'm hearing a bit of a rite of passage into elderhood. Mm. And, and, you know, we live in a time where we have so much access to immediate information and we don't necessarily pause to regard the source of that information mm. and, and mm. right and we and we don't always receive the you know because we we don't live in tribal communities we don't, we don't always receive the acknowledgement from our community from our people of how much commitment and work and dedication that we have shown up as part of our craft and part of our passion and part of our purpose. Mm. So just that sentence alone of 
you know, 50 years. Okay, maybe 45. We don't want to exaggerate. <laughs> right. We don't want to exaggerate. <laughs> yeah. How dare we? You know, it's like, I count, is it 20 years or is it 19 and a half or is it 21? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like it matters. The point being that there's wisdom in what you have to offer. And I just want to invite our listeners to consider that. Hmm. where they're getting their information, who they're getting their information from, why they're listening to it, and the value of listening to those of us who've been doing the work for a substantial period of time. Hmm. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have any comments on that? Or shall we move on? <laughs> you know, um, I don't. I just appreciate it. And I think it's uh, true that um, we want to receive all the wisdom that's available and knowing the roots of it is, uh, is part of how we connect and make meaning. Hmm. Well, let's pick up on this idea of meaning making and let's pick <laughs> up on <clears throat> some of your more historical work, not necessarily mm. the newer stuff right now. Hmm. In particular, because most of our listeners are mothers, mm. um, let's talk about this idea of safety. Okay, well, there seems to be a pregnant pause, so I'll dive in. Because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, we're both good about that. Um, yeah, so what, yeah, what does it it's, mean? It's How would you talk about it? Well, I mean, the first thing I'd say is you can't heal unless you feel safe. It's just, it's not wise to do it, and it doesn't work. Hmm. Um, so tell us what that means, yeah. unless you feel safe. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people, they go through a trauma, and then their heart is motivated to heal it, because they can tell they don't feel right and they also generally feel blocked in their way of relating to people and most challenging with their own babies and children and so it's important I think for a woman who wants to heal their own trauma to know they can do it and feel safe and support it at the same time because trauma is so scary that it can have you thinking it's so scary to experience the symptoms of it it can have you thinking oh i can't heal that because i'm going to have to go back through all of that again Hmm. but you don't have to go back through all of it again like you experienced it the first time and you don't have to go back through all of it again there's just certain pieces uh, in trauma that hook us that need connection And those connections can be made through practices that allow you to feel safe and supported in your body Mm. while those connections are happening. And just a few examples of that Mm -hmm. would be guided imagery. That's a very powerful and effective way to bring healing and connection to pieces that disconnect it because of what they experienced. Or um, the kind of resourcing I teach, which is... Uh, a very simple bilateral tapping practice that very quickly connects you with some kind of resource of support or protection 
that you feel in your body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know, Jennifer, you know so much about this, that it's all about the body. You have <laughs> to feel safe in your body, not like have a good attitude, but <laughs> really feel safe in your body. And now with gratitude, we all have a lot of ways of helping each other and ourselves feel safe in our bodies. Hmm. And your programming and the work that you do, Hmm. how much of your focus and time is spent on developing the skill of embodied safety? Oh, that's great. I love that. Uh, I start with it at the very beginning of anything I do. I teach people practices to feel safe in their body practices that work for, you know, about 90% or more of the people I work with or teach and really high percentage of effectiveness. So, so I teach them those practices and then throughout our work together, we apply them. So let's say, you know, we start the conversation and you, or we start the workshop or the, or the one-to-one healing session and you feel nice and safe. But we know as we go through the material, that's going to change because things will trigger us, will evoke the feelings of the trauma. And even, I know you've been working with doulas, even very much so with anyone, because we're all human, whether mm-hmm. we're a doula mm-hmm. or a, a new mother or whoever, you know, me. Uh, we all have a history. So whenever um, I sense, and, you know, you develop a a skill with this in observation and so on, noticing if a person is acting triggered, you know, they're acting hypervigilant or scared or contracting or angry or whatever, and it's related to the material, then you can give them the option because now they know they can calm down if they want. And so you can give them the option. Would you like to take a moment Hmm. and practice a resource so you can feel more supported and grounded with what is moving through you right now? Hmm. And then, you know, the essence of that is a term that Marty Glenn from pre and perinatal psychology developed uh, the association of that which is connected catharsis. And then you get to really have a release that actually is healing versus a big release where you're not connected. And so you're just stuck in the same pain again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's um, maybe we can speak to the quality Mm. difference between those two kinds of releasing, because I know you and I understand energetically Mm -hmm. the difference Mm -hmm. But I know, I know sometimes people don't always understand the difference between I'm crying all the time Mm -hmm. or I'm exploding all the time. So I'm releasing. Mm. And, and the way I describe it is that there's no connection to the part Mm -hmm. or the process in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so it is a chaos. I call it a chaotic release. Versus mm-hmm. this idea of a connected release. Mm-hmm. That's a really good description, what you just said. Um, and as you were saying it, I was thinking, 
uh, two things like, well, I'll, I'll give you an example that comes to my mind of someone in one of my circles years ago. Uh, she was telling the story. She was a doula and she was telling the story about being in the room and witnessing the doctor abusing her client through mm-hmm. language, uh, verbal and emotional abuse and how angry she felt. And then she was telling the story. And as she was telling the story, she was getting angrier and angrier, of course, because it's, it's definitely, you know, something wrong and deserving of anger and outrage. And, but she was getting more and more agitated with her anger. So then I invite, so I think just like you just said, she was not connected with her body. So when we gave her the opportunity to resource and connect with her body, what came up was anger towards a parent Mm -hmm. and that this doctor was reminding her of the parent. And so that was great for her to make that connection because then she was getting connected and not only was she experiencing some healing, but then the next time she'd go back into a birth and get angry when that happens again, because unfortunately it's widespread or, you know, it's somewhat widespread um, at this time, um, she would have more uh, ground and skill to act skillfully because she wouldn't be so hooked mm-hmm. and lost from her power. So, and so <clears throat> as you say that, mm. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of, I think we have similar processes of how mm-hmm. we work with this. And, mm-hmm. you know, I identify that as the inner part that is always activated until it's been met. Right. The historical part. Um, so even um, for mothers who've experienced traumatic birth or mm-hmm. just a very disappointing birth experience even, oftentimes there is still a need to connect to the other felt sensation, the other part that mm-hmm. is relating to the current trauma. And that's where I see a lot of embodiment happening, where there's a real mm-hmm. grief that is connected to even these younger parts of ourselves that have been neglected for so long. Mm-hmm. There can be the grief. Yeah. Or the anger. Yeah, for sure. The need to, to move that emotional material. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. And then um, sometimes uh, parts of it is are really, really simple. Uh, I think of one woman who um, always... Uh, had this heavy feeling when she would talk about her postpartum time. And then Mm. she came to the workshop and she gave her postpartum self compassion Mm -hmm. in a guided imagery. So it was effective because it wasn't a cognitive linear um, connection. It was a, a deep connection and her brain waves were slowed down and she was able to access her, where where that sits in our biology which is our you know limbic systems and and so um she was able in this guided imagery in this relaxed way uh to do that and then um later that night she said she was telling her husband 
about the workshop and when she started to talk about the postpartum time, she couldn't find the heaviness that used to be there. Mm. And um, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I just wanted to say, I think there's such variety for some people, you know, they don't have old parts. It literally was, they had a very good lifetime and then they had a traumatic birth, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, uh, so I just wanted to acknowledge there's such a variety, right. Mm -hmm. You know, Totally. And, and connecting to those parts are of all ages. Right. Yeah. So I hear you completely. Thank you for sure for uh, highlighting that. I'd like to switch gears for a moment. Mm. Mm. And the other question that has been popping up for me, Mm. you know, again, highlighting the 45 years of experience, (laughs) 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 really putting you on the spot here. (laughs) Um, What have you been noticing over the years? What has been changing? What hasn't changed? What inspires you and what still frustrates you? Wow, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I've been reflecting on that a lot. And that's Mm. really what led me to my current place of what I want to start offering, as well as the work that I've already been offering. Um, Yeah, a few things. Um, I think really, and I am sad just well it's a mix i'm sad to say part of this and i'm not sad to say the other part so the part i'm sad to say is there is a more pervasive disconnection in um the birth system uh the birth community than i think there ever has been Hmm. in the world in the world wow what do you yeah tell us more about what you mean by that I'll, i'll say but let me say the kind of the happy thing too and simultaneously you know there's a lot of people waking up Hmm. and honoring the feminine honoring woman honoring parenting honoring birth and and now bringing those wisdom streams forward so so some of the wisdom that's coming out including yours you know did not come out in the past but it's out now Hmm. and so we have like we have these two aspects going on simultaneously of maybe one more of the wisdom and more of the solutions that we need existing and out there. And then simultaneously more of the pain and the need for it. So um, what is that about? Mm -hmm. Uh, Number one, I'm not sure if I know, but I certainly have thoughts about it. Um, For one thing, you know, just, very fundamentally well okay so two roots right away a system based on greed in this country in the united states and actually in many countries uh that that supports care of birth and parents you know that you mean a system that doesn't support the care well right but i mean you know that that's the system available let's put it that way okay and then you know so you have tons of and then the people in it what's up with the people in it well what's up with the people in it is you have wonderful people everywhere who are people so that means like if i'm your doctor if i'm your nurse whatever you know i i have this good heart i mean well and i also have my unpacked perinatal history i also have my own birth into the world i have my ancestors 
birth experiences and I have my own experiences giving birth and all of that, uh, if it isn't addressed, healed and loved and cared for before I give birth or before I interact with a patient or client of mine is in the room. Mm -hmm. And then if you, the patient, let's say, have your own baggage and I have my baggage, we're not going to get that far. You know, that, that fear that like, you know, just, this is a really simple one, but I just recently worked with this beautiful client who was a very strong Buddhist practitioner and very quickly she was able to go from fear of birth, big fear of birth to a past experience of one of her, uh, of in her mother lineage that was terrifying. And she was able to connect that and get that that wasn't her. That was, you know, in in Mm -hmm. the lineage. And she, this was like one of the strongest, you don't often see it this strong. She went from being really scared of birth to being really genuinely enthusiastic about birth. Mm -hmm. And, but that's really what's possible, you know, Mm -hmm. And we see that, you see that, because you're working with moms who get pregnant again. Mm. And, and after they take, do work with you, they feel a lot more relaxed and open about it. Mm. So those are my th- thoughts, you know, that, th- that the disconnections mm. are worse right now. For, it's, it's a growing thing. And then capitalism really spread this horrible system of C-sections when they're not needed into third, you know, into mm-hmm. third world countries. Mm-hmm. Like there's places like Brazil or other Latin American countries where the majority of births are C-sections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to say that and not get agitated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> So those are some of the roots I'm talking about. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with C-sections, but they're, you know, right. they're not being done because they're needed. They're being done for other reasons. Right. Mo- to monetize. And sometimes they're being done because they're needed and that's good. Yeah. Tell us a bit about perinatal. <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I had some tea and I'm caught. <laughs> it went down the wrong tube. The wrong tube. Okay. Oh, no worries. You're good. Let me know when you're good. <coughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and we both know I'm probably having an emotion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So perinatal psychology, I remember one of our first conversations in which you were really highlighting you know, the imprint of our own birth experiences of how we came into this world, which is something that I didn't touch on in my work or my writings, um, definitely aware of. And I know that that's a big part of your medicine. Mm. And, and again, it's not at the forefront of the conversations and it's not at the (laughs) forefront of the conversations when we're looking at today's, um, work around birth trauma yeah and um i don't think it's going to be long before it is mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know certainly birthpsychology.com has been around for a long time the website of the pre association of free and perinatal psychology where they've 
studied this for years. Um, you know, years and years ago, I went to hear a woman named Leah Lagoy, who is an ancestor now. Mm. And Leah uh, did this amazing presentation. I was in my, well, anyway, she did this amazing presentation on, uh, she showed artwork that she had done of her experience with her twin in utero who passed away before she was born. And as she was doing it, I, I literally felt that was the beginning for me of pre and perinatal psychology awareness. I felt goosebumps because I felt like, oh, finally someone is talking about what I know is true. You know, it was like a felt sense of right mm. that we have these memories, that they're accessible, that they affect us. And um, then I started, you know, to learn more about it. And now, uh, scientifically, which came like 10 or 20 years after many of us were giving this attention, um, we know it's true that anything a baby experiences, <clears throat> literally from conception on, well, some people would disagree with that, so you have to go a little further, but uh, it's imprinted. I mean, I believe that spiritually, but psychologically and scientifically you'd probably get this being agreed to more like at four months or so uh prenatally as mm -hmm. a prenate um the implicit memory starts recording everything that you experience somatically mm -hmm. and so there's so many people now recorded that can tell you exactly what happened to them at conception mm -hmm. while they were a prenate while they were being born. And then you, they, you track these stories and it's confirmed by the, you know, stories of the parents or the stories of the medical record or whatever. And that's because that memory is, is there mm, in the body. Yeah. In the body, in and, the cells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, it totally makes sense that we start to address this now, because if we, if, if you don't address it, 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 it accounts for so much of people's fear of giving birth. Hmm. And then um, if you don't have a way of mediating that fear enough, that fear is still working your body and, you know, making you tense. And then um, when you're tense, it's very, very hard to not have a complicated and difficult birth. Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost impossible. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say one thing about that, because this field, as you and I know, is packed with a lot of complexity. Mm -hmm. So women who have never had the opportunity to heal from personal trauma in their life, from sexual abuse, can feel very tense, of course, during labor. Mm -hmm. And there's no shame in that. It's out of their control. You and I know this. It's a, it's a symptom of trauma. And so that doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to have a horrible birth because if you have this kind of tension, you can still resource yourself and you can still be expect yourself to be tense and be compassionate and respectful to yourself about being tense, which really helps reduce the tension. <laughs> right. Because you're an expert about shame, you know, writing about shame and that, you know, if you're not having shame, that really helps a lot. So I don't want to paint a picture of black or white. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm not hearing you paint that, but Good. I appreciate you adding the nuances to it. Thank you. Now, were you complete in your thought around the perinatal psychology piece? So we, what you're speaking to is how, how we've come into the world mm-hmm. can impact how we feel about birth. It does impact. Mm-hmm. It's really not can. Mm-hmm. It, it totally impacts us. And the only thing that kind of mediates it is sometimes people have just had such a great lifetime that even if they had a terrible birth experience, they have so many resources, it's kind of mediated, you know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, but the majority of people, our lifetimes are pretty complex. And if you had a very harsh birth when you were born or really anything in your Mm -hmm. perinatal experience, like in your, Mm -hmm. when you were a newborn, you know, was your mother available, this kind of thing. And we know, but most mothers didn't have the support they needed during that time. So there's just all of that. If it's addressed ahead of time, people can really feel empowered, Hmm. you know, to, Mm -hmm. to have a good experience. But if it's not, it most likely will arise in some way, Hmm. uh, be evoked, triggered, because that's how our neuropsychology works. And then, um, and then it goes in a different way. So as I'm sitting here taking in what you're sharing, this might be a little bit of a sidetrack, but I'm, I'm going to comment on it. Anyways, I, uh, I'm not sure if I shared this with you before, but in my meditating, so I regularly meditate mm. um, about five times a week minimum. <clears throat> and for the last two years... I have been experiencing this surge of energy that gets stuck right Mm. in my occipital area. Mm -hmm. And then it feels like um, cement and Mm -hmm. compression is, is um, compacting and compressing my brain. And I'm, Mm -hmm. and I, I literally have, have not so much anymore, have felt a lot of terror and concern that, like something's going to squeeze my brains out. Yes. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is just as an example of connecting to perinatal psychology and what you're talking about in terms of how we somatically um, hold the memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went all the way back to my birth experience because a spiritual advisor had commented on it. And, mm-hmm. and, I was, and so... I was born with forceps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you already think that? Well, I think you and I did a little work <laughs> oh, on this. Together. Did we talk about this? Okay, I think well, we actually did. Well, a our listeners work on don't it. know about this. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, so that would be an example of you know we don't have to go into process about it yeah, on, right. on the podcast, but right, right. I'm just speaking to it as a potential example of of reliving or having this trapped energy Mm. um, in my system that's showing up when I'm in these altered states of consciousness. Right. It's it's working itself out. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm, Nice. So would you agree that that's an example of? Yeah. I think that's a a great, great uh, 
totally. Yeah. Well, that's another, you know, another connection, connection you're making that I really appreciate is for people who do have a spiritual practice of meditation or anything like that. Um, this birth work is so helpful because the more you address blocks in your birth, the more you're able to grow spiritually because, um, you know, excuse me. I mean, just maybe that's not obvious. So I should say another (laughs) sentence about it. So, okay. So I'll say, I'd like to say a couple of things about that. Is that all right? Please. Yes. Okay. So one is going to be about woman and their birth experience. And one is going to be about a spiritual practitioner in their birth experience. Hmm. So I'll do that first. So if I'm a spiritual practitioner and your example was great. And every time I meditate, I get stuck in a certain way. Um, It really behooves me to do my birth work because birth work is all about launching. You're coming into the world emerging and, you know, Growth is all about emerging and letting go. Hmm. And death is all about emerging somewhere else and letting go. (laughs) And so, um, you know, for spiritual people, a big goal is to die in a peaceful, loving way. Hmm. And so to do that, you have to feel safe. Hmm. (laughs) And so addressing your birth trauma if you had one really helps you okay now let's go to woman and Hmm. spiritual experiences like i said at the beginning of the conversation women are built inherent it's inherent in their physiology if they feel safe and respected and cared for and they don't have some you know great anatomical challenge that's unusual and rare they are going to be flooded with bliss and endorphins when they give birth. And many, many women experience that. And what they experience uh, is pretty much, it's, it's almost exactly like moments of enlightenment. It's bliss. They feel a deep sense of the intricate. It's a mystical experience. They feel the, and I know you had some of this, the interconnectedness of everything. Hmm. And, uh, it might not be exactly moments of enlightenment, but it's it's close enough that it it's a wonderful contribution to your own spiritual well-being, psychological well-being. If it if it's ha- if you're prepared for it, mm-hmm. if you're prepared for it, but also how wonderful for your baby to be born bathed in that, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you. I wanted to say that. Mm, well, I think you could say more um, if you're inspired to, because I, I, I would agree. And I also um, understand and know that sometimes there is this, and, and I'm generally speaking here, so based mm-hmm. on some conversations that I've had and experiences mm-hmm. that I've had over the years, it's like there's a two two camps or more than two camps mm-hmm. when it comes to how we're choosing to prepare for the up and coming birth of our mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, so much of the conversation has removed the spirituality out of it completely. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's safe to include things like transformative process, which innately means it's going to be a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. One can't, in my opinion, one can't experience this notion of transformation without moving through some form of growth and initiation that deepens one's connection to self, other, and perhaps the invisible. Beautifully said, Jennifer. And so at the beginning of our conversation today, you mentioned that you're first and foremost a spiritual practitioner. Mm. And that you're real that I, I heard that you're transitioning into stepping into what that means and what mm. you want to offer as I would say a legacy. Mm. And so let's maybe close, let's wrap up fully <laughs> with, um, you know, with what, what that means to you mm-hmm. and what that means in terms of shifting the conversation around birth mm-hmm. as a spiritual experience mm-hmm. and any further comments you might have about that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> so he's great talking with you. <laughs> so let's see. Um, hmm. Yeah, what I'm aware of is I really do have an enthusiasm now to not just teach secular people. And when I say secular, I don't know, that's a word I think that describes people who aren't necessarily having a spiritual or religious kind of practice, but also, um, and not just teach spiritual people, but actually teach people who do have a regular, uh, to teach some people who have a regular spiritual practice and belief system. So Hmm. for me- And it doesn't matter what that is? Well, this is what I'm trying to differentiate. It doesn't matter what that is. I'm happy to share this work with everyone. And I'm personally excited and enthusiastic to begin to share it with the Buddhist community and with interfaith ministry students. Mm. And the reason why I'm excited to do that is, and it kind of hit me just last year, you know, I've been teaching about spiritual values and spirituality and birth for some time now, maybe <laughs> seven, eight years or something or longer, really. But anyway, and, um, and then it just hit me, well, you know, for just an example, uh, the, you know, Vipassana Buddhists and, and Tibetan Buddhist Buddhists um, from my lineage, you know, which is a female lineage, really have a lot of understanding of uh, the, the principles that I'm teaching about and helping people understand. And that's, but they don't, there's still, there's still an incredible patriarchal, uh, what's the word, mystification, hmm. where people haven't really made the connection in a, oh, here we go. <laughs> in a, they haven't made a clear connection. Uh, okay, so so if we if we all have i'm going to walk mm-hmm. off for a second here masculine and feminine energies if we all have energies of 
um, life giving and creativity and protection and providing. Mm. Um, those are, you know, like the sacred aspects versus the patriarchal abusive aspects of masculinity, the protecting and providing. Mm. So if, if I personally come into alignment in my own lifetime, having my protecting, providing structural side, support my unfettered creative expression side, my feminine <laughs> and my life-giving side, um, I'm in good shape, you know, and I'm balanced. And then if I'm working with Buddhists, let's say, who have all these, or any spiritual group who have pretty high values, it's time now to connect. Well, what does that mean with how we treat the embodied feminine? Mm -hmm. How are we treating mm -hmm. parents and pregnant women mm -hmm. in our own communities? How mm -hmm. are we supporting them emotionally, spiritually, and physically? How are we making life-giving a priority mm -hmm. amongst all cultural government and spiritual systems how are we recognizing the value of human life mm. Mm. so that's a good place to complete on <laughs> unless we have a few more minutes uh -huh. well we can <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah no that yeah how are we valuing human life i mean that is profound yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, this, this is kind of, an, I don't even know the words exactly. It's like something you would expect, like, oh, Buddhists are really going to pay attention to this. But in fact, that's not true right now. Mm -hmm. Most spiritual practices pay incredible attention to death, but not to life. Yes. And that, I believe, has a lot to do with just old patriarchal beliefs that are not serving us anymore, especially related to the earth as well mm -hmm. and each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so oh, it sounds really powerful and, mm -hmm. and needed. And I can see how, you know, your accumulated experience of working with the mother, as I would mm -hmm. call it, the, the cosmic mother and the physical mm -hmm. mother, mm -hmm. um, however that has been for you, uh, you know, I can see how this is all accumulating and coming mm. together, you know, mm. as it's sifted and sorted. Yeah, it's mm. really beautiful and very Thank needed. You. Thank you. And I'm very grateful for the work you're bringing forth. Thank I you. I think it's beautiful and needed. Mm. And I appreciate your courage and the way you walk your talk. <laughs> Well, I appreciate hearing that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I giggle because I too am, mm -hmm. am on, you know, my path of transitioning and pivoting and, mm -hmm. you know, constantly getting deeper with um, what is meaningful and what is being asked of me. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's a big question that I hold. What is being asked of me right now? Mm. How can I be of service? Beautiful. And so, yeah, I'm hearing that both of us are doing that. And mm -hmm. yeah. And hopefully it inspires others to do the same because I believe we all have medicine. Yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. medicine, uh, the Haniyawu from the Cherokee tribe, mm -hmm. uh, 
lineage holder of the peacekeepers. She teaches the word medicine means our holy power. Hmm. I love that. Oh, that makes me want to cry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know that to be true. So that's wonderful. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's let us close on the holy power. Oh, thank Mm -hmm. you, Jennifer. Thank you, everyone. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Gina, for being here. And I just want to let our listeners know that if they want to learn more about Gina, they can visit her website, uh, Healing. Oh, say it. (laughs) Yeah, Birth Spirituality and Healing. Yeah, Birth birth Spirituality and Healing.com. And that will be in the show notes as well. And then for those of you who haven't had the opportunity to grab a copy of the Healing After Birth book and read Gina's Forward please go ahead and do that. Of course, it's available on Amazon and other retailers. And I'm just so grateful for everybody who does listen to this podcast and find value in it. And please share it with a friend or a loved one if that feels right. So again, thank you for tuning in to the Healing After Birth podcast. Yay.